Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 37, Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. The Low Float Goat. And I'm joined here by my rakish co-host, former market maker of 20 years and present-day retail trader. There's only two things in life this man hasn't seen, a turtle with speed and a woman that he needs. I'm, I'm talking about the proper villain, the house street legend, JJ. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. And today, our guest began trading stocks in college during the dot-com boom. After years of developing and refining his strategy, he found bulls on Wall Street to help teach others how to remove the noise and gain an edge in the market. He speaks internationally at trading and entrepreneurial events. A Michigan native and a fellow Floridian. I'm talking about Kunal Desai. Kunal, how's it going? What's going on? I didn't know you were in Florida. Now, my side of Florida, they don't even count it as Florida. It's like a whole nother world. But You must be in the panhandle then, I would assume. I am in the panhandle. Yes, yes. You know what? You know, it's, it's, it's funny, Kunal, you know, I was thinking this the other day, people love to poke fun at Florida and, and probably like rightfully so, but you know, you know, that's cool. They can do that wintertime huddled around the fire, mittens, wool socks. I'm going to be in the lagoon lounging, <laughs> you know, how do you like, how do you like living in Florida being from, uh, you know, being from the North? So Florida, Florida is pretty cool. Like, um, I, I cruised the whole coast of Florida basically looking for, like some kind of beach town to live in. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think this would be the spot, but it just ended up being the spot. I just can't do South Florida. It's the, it's the traffic, the drugs, the women, you know, I mean. A lot of trouble. Yeah, that's for sure. It's too much trouble. I just, it's hard to get anything done. And I got to, you know, when you get too much traders, like, you know, we have to watch out for ourselves because there's like, you know, certain times of year we just have time on our hands. And then there's certain times of year you don't have time on your hands. Mm-hmm. Gotta be, you got to be together. I spent a couple months in South Florida seeing if I could pull it off. I just didn't do it. Like, I don't have the discipline, I think, to, like, you know, not go out and do stuff as, like, a single guy. But the other thing is, like, I'm, like, a daytime guy. And, uh-huh. like, I spent a lot of time in Miami. It's, like, I, you know, you meet friends or, like, girls or, like, whoever. Uh-huh. And people be like, yeah, like, let's go catch dinner at 11 and then, you know, we'll go out. And it's like, huh? <laughs> like, I'm trying to like go out at like 3 p.m. and then like catch dinner at five. <laughs> oh my God! You're, what are you in? You're in Del Boca Vista, man. Jeez. <laughs> like that's how I like to do it. Like I, I like to be out. Like I like to be on the beach or the boat. Like daytime stuff. That's nice too. I when you were saying catch dinner at 11, then then go out. I was like, oh yeah, I remember those days. Those were good times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, it doesn't make me feel good for my prospects as a future, as a trader being down here. Uh, <laughs> like you said, a lot of distraction, but this man helps keep me in line. Uh, so Kunal, you know, before we jump into uh, trading talk, I see you're a fellow workout enthusiast. What role does working out play for you in your life? Um, you know, it comes and goes. Like there's times where like I work out every day, mm-hmm. but like it's like more a matter of, like, are you working out or are you just like trying to like, right, stay fit and keep healthy? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I'm now towards like more of the spot where 
you know, I work out just to like have fun, like versus like, you know, lift weights to get buff. Sure. But it does, you know, I think it's important because if you really look like, I mean, it depends, but if you look at the new age, probably like the 40 year old and under like really, really good trainers that like, you know, you would see on social media and stuff. Like most of them are like in really, really good shape. Like they're mm -hmm. like, they're like really active. And so there's just something to be said about, you know, like if you're feeling good, you're probably thinking good. Right. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. It, it, it's, it's good to stay active. I've, I've been on both scales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's... I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to go to the gym and like murder some bench presses and stuff anymore. Like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, some, I'll go a few times a week, but yeah, but beach volleyball, paddle boarding, kayaking, you know, yeah. playing basketball. Like, you know, I'm doing something for a few hours a day, but it's very rarely like, I'm just like in the gym, like, I got to work on my glutes, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I try, I try and toe the line, uh, Kuno, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I, you know, I, obviously I like to look good, I, you know, for the physique, you know, um, a little bit for <laughs> athleticism, you know, but I get that competitive drive sometimes and I want to put on the, the big weight, but I want to like, you know, <laughs> preserve my body at the same time. It's like, I'm not, I'm not competing for anything out here, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, the simplest stuff really works, man. I had this trainer once, and uh, he used to play, like, you know, college football, and he was in the NFL for a couple of years and blew out his knee, and, man, he was cool. He was, like, a motivational speaker. He was, like, Eric Thomas. He'd be, like, he'd take me out to the beach some days. I'm, like, no, wait today. He's, like, nah, man, today we're doing something different. And I'm, like, what? Right. Make me sit there and do push-ups and dips, yeah. like, for, like, an hour. And I'm, like, what? <laughs> like, prison okay. workout, man. He's, yeah. like – how you think people get so – I'm like, don't I need some weight, like some heavy stuff? It's like, come on, man. Yeah. How you think they get buff in prison? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely. what he would do. He's like, man, we're gonna, you're going to be running on this beach back and forth doing push-ups, sprinting back and forth, do some pull-ups. And, you, and, like, you know, like some of that stuff really makes sense. Sometimes you just got to keep pushing. Well, yeah, and it's, it's good the older you get not to put on too much weight. I mean, I was, I was 275, 280 pretty solid when I was young, and I was – powerlifting and stuff like that and your joints it, it takes a toll on you know 275 is a defensive it's, line yeah you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm like six, I, I was a bouncer i was yeah, yeah. i was 6'2 275 280 you know that's, back in back in the days that's, but where, where i grew up i was the second smallest of my buddies right i grew up in this midwestern farm place everyone's 350 370 400 right man that's amazing at least you're <laughs> <great meals. laughs> Uh, Kanal, this this guy, this guy would he would smoke marble menthols between sets and then go <laughs> and then go squat sick plates. This guy was a freak back in the day. But, Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he he was not a freak enough, back. Not enough people do stuff like that. Like anytime now, like I see somebody like just smoking like a Marlboro Red like outside a bar or something. Because you know, back in the day, like you would see like even in Michigan, it'd be like negative ten degrees, but thirty <laughs> people out there exactly. With their fingers exactly. falling off, trying to get like two puffs in. <laughs> oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, those people—they're troopers. And oh yeah. One guy like just kind of just chilling out there, and everybody's judging him. And yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't <laughs> everybody, everybody's judging him, giving him the stink eye, and I walk by and I'm like, man, that's a cool motherfucker. Like, I joined with my friends and judge me for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah, yeah. The people outside smoking like negative five. Yeah, ridiculous. Well, up here yeah. it was like minus forty-five, and there's outside smoking. It's crazy. Uh, you yeah. gotta get that fix. You gotta get that fix. So yeah. So can uh, also for for those just finding out about you for the first time, uh, just tell us briefly how you guys started in trading. Yeah. So you know, I I would say I got lucky in a handful of things of right place, right time, which is you know kind of half of life, anyways. Yep. I started trading. You know, I started getting interested in stocks because of my dad. You know, my dad is a first-generation immigrant. He's an engineer by trade. But, like, almost all first-generation uh, Indians, immigrants in general, they got their hands in, like, everything. They're, like, trying to get, <laughs> they're, like, trying to get some, something going, right, for themselves. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's why they came here. Otherwise, they just stay in India and, right, like, mm-hmm. something else. So my dad was, like – you know, he's engineer by day and he's coming home. He's like, I got a real estate license. He's selling like Cutco knives. He's yep. doing Tupperware parties. If they had sex toys back then, he'd be doing sex toy parties. Like whatever he could, you oh, know, yeah. like, just like make some money. So he's like, I'm working as, you know, software programmer by day and I'm Indian Batman by night. Exactly. So like, yeah. You know, he's taking real estate classes. And he oh, yeah. One house in 20 years, but he's trying. Right. Yeah. He's doing this one and that one and putting on this. And, yeah. you know, he also was like always trying to invest or trade. And he was, you know, got his hands in all sorts of things. He's like, oh, I'm going to try penny stocks. I'm going to do this. And it was cool because, like, I got to see my dad, like, you know, like one day he'd be like, son, today I buy you a pony. <laughs> and then the next day he's like, you motherfucker, you better. You you better get a scholarship, okay? I know you got this B plus. Your teacher told me you get better get a scholarship. I'm like, Dad, I'm like eight years old, like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh and my god, like ups and downs, right? Like somebody yeah. trying to trade. It was pretty cool. So I got my interest from him trying mm. all these things, and also kind of my entrepreneurial side from him. And then just like that dot com boom. You know, and the chain, the advent of the internet is just right place, right time of like, here I'm going to college. And, you know, most people talk about college is like, you know, like I'm studying and coursework. But like one thing in college that's different than high school, like high school is like very regimented. Like you have to be at school at seven o'clock. You have basketball practice at 430. You have this and that. <laughs> you have places to be. Where in college, like you don't really have any place to be. Like, yeah, you have stuff you got to get done. You don't really have any place to be and like they have, you know, all the dormitories at Michigan State, like computer labs. And I'm like, man, this is like, this, what is this computer lab stuff, you know? <laughs> and Indian guy, like, I'm like, my dad's a computer programmer, you know, or computer software engineer. I'm like sitting in this computer lab, you know, downloading illegal songs on Napster and, <laughs> and like, right? And I'm reading Jim Juback articles on MSN Money. And I was like, I'm like trying to figure this stuff out. And so it was like, if you read like a lot of books of like how people got really, really good, like there was always like some story of like that was like right place, right time. And then they had an opportunity to like, just like sit and spend a lot of time like doing something, mm-hmm. you know, right, and right. having a computer lab, like on the floor of my dorm, like I had just like hours every day where it's like, you know, I mean, I know what I'm doing, but I'm, you know, reading and studying and like playing on this internet thing and looking at, and frankly, I just stunk, obviously I'm a kid and 
I'm taking whatever money. My dad gave me a couple grand. It was gone. And he gave me a couple more grand. It's gone. Then he was like, I was taking my tuition money and trying to trade with it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, my dad is old school. So like when my tuition was due, you know, he's not sending a check. He's like, why would I spend 30 cents on the stamp when I can just, right? You just drop it off. Exactly. So I would go to like, you know, drop my tuition off. I'd have like all like 10 and $20 bills. Like why he doesn't have other types of cash. I don't know, but they were always tens and twenties. So I was like, you know, you should pay tuition at times, probably like six, $7,000, you know, for the year. So you pay it every half year. So <laughs> I just had like all this cash and I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Ooh. You know, like they're, you know, they're not going to send me the collection if I don't have, you know, like <laughs> sometime. So like, I always had these like schemes, like, man, I'm just double this money. And then I'll take out the half, pay the tuition off. And you know, my dad will never notice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was playing these games of fire with money all the time. And uh, in the end, like that didn't work either. Yeah. You know, I made actually some good money for a while and then I just blew it all um, on a vacation and then you know, in the market too. <laughs> So by the time I was done with school, like I had like really no college skills and I still was not a trader. So like it was, you know, off to the job world, but I'm not qualified for anything because I just sat in a computer lab, looking at pornos, downloading Napster, reading MSN money articles and going on, you know, Yahoo finance chat, chat boards, right? Message boards. So I get no skills beyond these like handful of things. So I ended up having a job as like a door-to-door salesman um, selling phone service for uh, SBC, you know, Southwestern Bell Company. And that was actually like, it, you know, it was really heinous because you can't really, all my friends were getting like job, real jobs. Like, oh, I'm oh, working yeah. in fine New York. Yeah. Another buddy is like, oh, I'm moving to the big city in Chicago. You know, got a job at this, you know, at Citadel, like, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. And they're like, what about you? Because I was always known as the smart one. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to be doing a little door-to-door sales. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody that, right? I'd be like, oh, you know, direct business to business consulting. <laughs> <laughs> Dress it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, oh. And I have the pitch. Hello, I'm Canal Desai from SBC. I'd like to upgrade your phone service. <laughs> And oddly enough, though, like I actually got really, really good at that. And that ended up being the probably the best job I could recommend to anybody because like that job, like I ended up, you had to do a lot of cold calling, but like face to face walking yeah. in. That's good. So if anybody's ever been to Michigan, like in Michigan, all business owners are minorities, like uh, Arabs, Chaldeans, Indians, you know, Jewish people, the gas stations, liquor stores, small business owners. So like in a million different languages, right? And they all work with their family. So it's, you know, snowing. I'm in my $20 Burlington Coke factory suit. Ah, I remember those. (laughs) That I got on Telegraph for like 20 bucks. It was a buy one, get one free. Going to these businesses, it's cold. You're walking around. And then you're like coming and meeting all different walks of people who are ornery as all gifts because it's winter time. Yeah. And you're walking in their business. You're not going to buy anything. You're going to yeah. sell them something, right? Yeah. So you're the most hated person around. So, you know, you'd say, hey, can I talk to the business owner, decision maker? 
Everybody's like, he's not here. I'm like, come on, man. That guy in the back, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's there sitting there right now. He's sitting there right now with some lamb kebabs. Like, yeah, tell me that guy's not the boss. You tell me the boss is not the guy sitting there eating lamb kebabs. Come on. It's noon. Yeah. <laughs> so you ended up, I ended up getting, like, really good at just, like, going up to people and starting conversations without, like, getting murked, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you got to get something mm-hmm. thrown at. And that helped me a lot in my actual business because like my business is, you know, obviously teaching people how to trade stocks, but a good portion of it is also, you know, and selling and, you know, talking to people, right. Teaching. Right. Adults. Right. Yeah. Customer relations. Yeah. Uh, yeah it makes, that, it makes that, a lot that, of sense. Yeah. That failure in trading and not having any skills like sneakily actually worked out really well because like I, I ended up with this awesome skill set. I recommend that for anybody that's like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah, it's great. You get, a, you get a cold calling business to business sales job, like you're gonna learn how to wheel and deal. Yep. Probably, you can even use that to pick up chips. Like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> true. true. Like, <laughs> it makes well, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I was gonna say, cause you, you, you are uh, a good speaker, high energy, Yep. I've, I've done sales previously before, like I, I was playing poker part-time, but I was doing sales on a side and you learn to interact with all different types of people. And it's like, yeah, like you said, like picking up a chick, Canal, it's a sales pitch. You're selling <laughs> her on you. Yeah, right or wrong. It's just a, right, a, a series of tall tales that are not yeah. lies, but bordering on them. Yeah, and yeah. Embellish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bordering on the edge of truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all three of us then, because my first job in the market was selling advertising to stock promoters and public companies. So that, yeah, I'd get a hundred calls a day. <laughs> uh, great. Look at that. All, all, all of us degenerate beginnings. Uh, the second part though, is the luck was, you mm-hmm. know, once I was done with the door to door selling, you ended up with an office job and man, office job was like, oh my gosh, like I'm out of the snow. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like able to start like kind of like trading again but now i also have a little bit of capitals i ended up crushing that door-to-door sales thing mm-hmm. now i'm like back at the computer and i'm like oh my gosh like i'm back at the computer and it happened to be like this is like now like you know social media is like starting to happen like it's like just starting to sprout its wings and the first like kind of trading blog started popping up that never you never seen trading blogs before. There were no such thing as blogs in like 2003, 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, like I'm sitting at the desk all day and I come across like Brian Shannon. Like he had, you know, he had an Alpha Trends blog spot. Uh, so it was a Google blog spot, a blog. And it was like, what is this technical analysis stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been doing all sorts of stuff, but like I didn't. He all of a sudden had like some different stuff going on there, a lot more structure. And I'm like sitting there reading all his stuff while I'm at work. And then I ran into like my own mentor, Paul. And, you know, Paul became my mentor for one just straight reason was, you know, I'm like looking at his blog and I'm reading it. And I'm like, Paul, I'm the market's here, Paul. And then you go to the bottom and it's just Paul Singh. And I'm like, ching, ching. <laughs> Uh-oh, we got another Indian. So I, <laughs> I got so pumped. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's an Indian. Like he's gonna, he's gonna take me under his wing and be the dad I, I always wanted. And so yeah. I was so pumped. So I'm like leaving comments. He was being really nice on his, you know, blog post. And this guy knew his charts. So then all of a sudden, though, 
you know, I'm like, hey, can you coach me? And he's like, not a chance. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Like, he's like, no, like, I don't do that. Like, I have a blog, you know, and Paul was up by day. He's a prosecutor in Minnesota. He's a lawyer. And, it, you know, he like a, plays poker all day. So that's like his thing. He's like, I don't want any of this other stuff. Oh. Being team. Hello? You still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. It says my connection's stable. It might be mine. Is it back? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Yep. Yeah, no, I can right. hear you. Yeah. Sorry, we're in uh, vacation season here, and it's like, I mean, I got this fiber thing, and it don't even work good. Damn mm. it. So, yeah, like I was saying, like, Paul was, you know, Paul took me under his wing, and that's how I got good. You know, he was able to put some structure around me, and then right around that time, like, Twitter came out. It was 2007. And when Twitter came out, it was a free for all of the world, you know, like now all of a sudden everybody's got a voice, you know, and that kind of changed the game. It's a, it was the right place at the right time again. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's really good. Hmm. It's cool. It's interesting because my first job in the market was given to me by an Indian guy too, a mining promoter, but uh, yeah, same thing. <laughs> he taught me my first rule. JJ never buys stock. You always sell it, <laughs> get given it free, you know? Uh, hey, JJ, question from people all the time. I said, you know, and it, I don't have an exact answer. I know what I tell, tell my students just because it's like how a parent will tell somebody. <laughs> so like I, you know, but you don't really know if it's the truth or not, right? You just <laughs> it's what needs to be said. So I got like all these students, I, I, I grade trades, you know, you know, they have their journals. I look at these trades. I'm like, what the heck happened to this damn trade? Like, <laughs> like this is supposed to be like a 20 cent risk you have you lost two dollars on it yeah and so they the same thing always happened you know and it's like always the cheesiest student they'll say it they say it i get like a new i get a batch to say well i didn't want to put a stop loss in because the market makers <laughs> will take it out so i don't think there are any market makers anymore not in the traditional way like there used to be like well that, there's <clears throat> it, it's very different. It's it's very different now. We do have market makers, and they are wholesalers, but there are very few of them, and <clears throat> all their execution is done algorithmically, and everything's done by computers. Now, in the old days, they used to have hundreds of market makers that would provide liquidity, and now I know in CME rules, the market makers aren't allowed to see the stops, but if you look at the structure of any kind of a stock over the day using a TPO chart, you can really easily see where the heck all the stops will be. Um, and, um, but market makers, cause they're just running order flow. So they're oh. taking your, they're taking your stop. Um, not because they want to, it's just there. Just think of them as a semi going down the highway and you're trying to pick up daisies in the middle of the highway. And every once in a while, you're going to get hit and run over. I gotcha. So that, that's always been the thing. I'm like, come on. Like, uh, you think you're like your your twenty shares of Tesla? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's yeah, what I always think. Like, yeah. I don't care about you. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm working. I'm working two million shares for SAC Capital, and oh, this guy's got twenty Teslas. I'm gonna make take him out. <laughs> no, that's no. Market to get your shares? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how it works. But it's it's very funny. I am really surprised because I was always an institutional guy. My clients asked me, what was the volume? How much did I sell, right? My job was to create liquidity so they could dump positions. Here's the thing. 
when I got into retail, I was shocked at how many people are flipping around in these markets and they have no clue how they actually work or function, right? Um, it baffles me to this day, but I find it quite fascinating. It's amazing. I mean, people are, they, they like to wheel and deal. I, I, I got a new student of mine. I'm like looking through his stuff. I'm like, did you, I'm like, you got 300 executions today. <laughs> like, yeah, man, there was a lot of action. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 300 executions oh, oh. on your $28,000 account. <laughs> right? Holy. <Like. laughs> and it's like, and you made 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It. See, and that the non-commission thing is is just getting people to churn. It's right? getting churn. I've, I've been telling them. I I'm, I tell my guys not to go the non-commission unless they're just in a starter account, like with a few thousand dollars, and they're like yeah. trying to test things out. You know, then it'll save you some cash because yeah. you don't at least worry about having to make the commission. You know, but yeah. for anybody else. I don't know. Like some of it's okay. Like I have, you know, bro I have accounts at all brokers, you know, whether it's, you know, commissions or not commissions. And yeah, like if I, you know, see a stock that has like no spread and no easy liquidity, then yeah, I'll use my E-Trade or Ameritrade. But I, you know, any 90% trades, I can't. Yeah. And the data is freezing like nonstop. Like I don't know. If oh, is it really? I don't know if anybody uses like thinker shit, but I don't. <laughs> it work. But like, you know, everybody loves like every new person I run into and even a lot of professional trades, they just swear by it, right? It's like their baby. Yeah. And, and newbies love thinker shit because, you know, it's got like all these little trinkets on it. Yeah. Like, you know, like you get some guy and he's like, wow, like you can watch CNBC from my <laughs> That's the only reason I have it. Crazy, right? Yeah, so, right? It's like free. It because it's got yeah. a lot of like little windows or whatever. Yeah. Now you know it's because it's owned by a Canadian bank now, right? It just freezes. It's well, it's Ameritrade's platform. But it's owned. It's 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 owned by Toronto Dominion Bank, and um, trust me, they are not traders. Okay. It's like uh, my whole chat room every morning when yeah. the market is wild. Around between 9.30 and 9.45, it's like always 10 people. Like, hey, is your thinker swim frozen? <laughs> is your well, thinker I, I love that time because the pre-market, that's when we advertise. We whip the price up, and then your software like Trade Ideas catches it. And we're all like, come here, come here. We give you a good price, right? And then all the retail comes. And then we get them nice and long into that open, and they just jam them, right? So, but if, if thinkorswim is, is freezing all the time, that's not good. The data everywhere is a little bit uh, been herky jerky, um, you know, for the most part. Like, it, you know, E-Trade, same thing. Thinkorswim, really? same thing. Ameritrade's just gone off the rail. And their trading volumes have gone up. If you look at, like, any stats, like, trading volumes have gone up, like, 300, 400% at some of these places. Uh, yeah. Because you've got, a, like, a double-edged sword. You have coronavirus so that people are at home just jerking it all day and then you have free commissions now have they gotten rid of the pdt rule yet now because i trade futures mostly so oh do you yeah i've been diving my head in it not futures though micro futures pdt that's rule what is I, that's what i that's what i teach yeah no way yeah i've seen that on your on, on your twitter i didn't know if it was you or you know ray J. 
that was rolling with uh, the micro futures. No, well, he's he's there too. He's um, oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah. partners. We're we're partners. He's uh, he's he's the young guy. I, I'm the uh, old salty dog. Yeah. Actually, and I've never been a futures guy because, like, I like the action of like hunting for like what's going to be the big winner rather than looking at like a handful of things. Yeah, but see, futures is really cool because like I get smoked out trading regular futures. It's just too much leverage for me. Yeah. And. Frankly, because I'm trading stocks all day and swing trading, day trading, you know, crypto trading, (laughs) having like, you know, a couple, you know, two, three MQ contracts and like losing track of them. Like it's like really can put you in some pain. Oh yeah. MQ. it's, it's, you know, I like, see, I'm 52. I've had, I got a heart condition, so I got to chill. Um, so I, I like the futures guy. I just trade the E-mini every day and I teach the micro with Ray. And, nice. uh, so the and, the you know, MNQ is amazing. That's that's what I've been trained. The MNQ. Okay. And because uh, you know the spy is like you know that's still 1980s now. But the <laughs> NASDAQ, <laughs> hey, right? the 80s were a good time. <laughs> no, but in general, the, the the Nasdaq just has more range on it. I find the moves are cleaner. I um, versus okay. the, yes or you know spy moves. Okay. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to come by and check us out and say hi sometime. Yeah. But yeah. that's cool. I, I didn't even know about these micro futures till a couple months ago. And yeah, you know, I saw it on Twitter. It's probably from your Twitter. I'm like, Let me check out this like micro feature thing. And man, it's pretty fun. And it's like really smooth. And man, you can have trades where you have like, I mean, such minimal risk on it. You know, exactly. I think, it's like I, training wheels, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, what? five dollar risk per point or whatever on yeah that. it's a buck yeah. and, it's a buck and a quarter a tick right it's so you know you can learn how to trade properly without you know and if you have a bad day you lose 50 bucks and that's if you're trading you know like you're drunk or something you know no it's pretty yeah. cool yeah hey so so Kunal, um i'm curious to see how your trading strategies compare and contrast from when you first started to present day that's a good one Oh, you know, that's actually really cool. So in general, like I have, you know, the same patterns per se, if you really say you're using patterns, but I'm still, I'm I'm a momentum trader, trend trader. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing that's changed over, I would say last like probably five, six years, you know, primarily before I was a small cap trader. Uh, Now I won't, now I very rare, I would say like, half of a percent of my volume goes in, you know, anything under $10 mm-hmm. where now my trading style is more into like large caps, mid caps, but still momentum trading, trend trading. Uh, you know, the one thing that's changed in the market, which is awesome. And it's actually helped me quite a bit, you know, the advent of these algos and HFTs and stuff like that's helped retail traders mm-hmm. tremendously. Definitely. Definitely. They've helped retail trades tremendously because now you can have $500 billion companies move around like no other, right? We were 10 years ago, like when I started Bulls on Wall Street, you had to trade like really shitty companies to like get like good range. Exactly. Like stay away from, you know, certain things. Now, like you can trade regular stocks. Like, you know, I trade like this, you know, some of these tech companies, like FSLY, like this thing was around like 15, 20% a day on 20 million shares in volume. And it's floats like 70 million. Like how, how that happens every day, I don't know. But like now you can trade regular companies and still get crazy good range. And mm-hmm. it's 
awesome for retail traders and new traders, especially like smaller account people, because they're ingrained in their head. Like I got to trade penny stocks, small cap stocks, $5 stocks, low floats, junk, like all this turd stuff. And they think that's your only chance. And the failure rate of 99.99% versus 95% for everybody else. Right. Exactly. So it's 500 times different. Well, like now, like, you know, like you're trading something like this FSLY, you know, it's got a $10, you know, it's like an $80 stock, but it's got a $10 intraday range. So like I tell like my guys all the time, like, look, even if you're, you know, you ain't got no money, you're trading a hundred shares of this thing. The thing moves around back and forth, 10 bucks up and down. Yeah. So even if you're trading a hundred shares of it. Guess what? Like you, you can make a few hundred bucks off that. You don't have to have the whole $10, right? You got to catch the meat of the move. Yeah. And so you get your three or four, but you can do it like with safety. I can put a stop loss in of 50 cents. I can risk 50 bucks to make 200. You know, I can risk 30 bucks to make a hundred where, you know, in small caps, it's, you know, whether you have a small account, bigger account, like, you know, if that thing dumps, you're going to lose a thousand bucks. Like exactly. it's, just exactly. the, it's just the way it goes. The and other thing. Really true. Yeah, so so Kanal, I think I've I think I've heard you say I, I don't know if you still do uh, trade. Do you use trade ideas? I do use trade ideas, probably not as, but it's not a daily uh, daily thing. Okay, because okay, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask how deep you dive into. You know, it's a uh, it's a powerful program. Um, I was gonna. Yeah, trade ideas is amazing, but it's um, for me. It's like I do my homework at yeah. night. Like my plan for the most part, I mean, it's set. Like I know what I want to do, like what I want to trade, how I want to do it. So in the end, like, you know, like trade ideas, like I got some cool filters and there are people there. Awesome. They'll help you with anything. But then it's like, I turn it on. I got all these like frigging new ideas, but the, you know, the, always the problem with scans are this, the, you know, they shows up on your scan after the primary move happens anyway. So mm -hmm. what's the friggin' point, right? So I, like, I, I want to do a real deep dive, you know, at night. I want to do a real deep dive in the morning before the market opens. And then I would say like 90% of my game plan is set in stone. Okay. And I'll leave a 10% variance in terms of like, okay, I'm going to find some new stocks. You know, maybe there's some, something with some fresh news out that comes out. So I'll keep those things on, like, just so like, maybe there's like a stock that has like a midday news out. Right. But that's like, you know, this is a rare occurrence. That's not your bread and butter. You can't make a whole system off like, okay, I'm going to get like random news events in the middle of the day. So I'll use that stuff, but it's really small part of what I do mm -hmm. because it makes people frankly over trade. And all scanners in general, the learning curve is like, the learning curve is crazy. So then now it's like, what's, you know, is it really worth it? Like verse, like, okay, I do my homework at night. I go through a, a thousand charts. I train my brain to what works, what's working in this market, what type of stocks are working in this market, what sectors are hot in this market. Mm. I find five to 10 names that look incredible. I focus in on them and I find the exact perfect entries to get in them. And I don't for my plan. I think that that has a lot higher probability of success 
than you waking up in the morning, turning on some damn $200 a month scanners and thinking like, now I got some ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, like I would rather my guys go through every single stock in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ manually and find the best chart because it's going to help train their brain to pattern recognition, but more, more importantly, what momentum look like, how does momentum look? If you do that every single day, you're going to understand and feel how momentum works, what type of stocks it works on, what type of charts it works on, what's the share structure for those type of stocks, what type of sectors, you know, it really works on, you know, so on and so forth before, beyond just like, Hey, I'm gonna turn on a scanner and like something's going to pop up that will give you a couple ideas, but it is not going to train your brain to like, just build intuition. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. It, Cause I, I uh, done one way, which is yeah. through like the straight up. I'm going through these, these charts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sh shout out to the guys at trade ideas. We've had a few of them on here. I use, I use it myself. Carl. That's why I asked the question. And I think um, I have struggled at times with probably being too reliant on it at times. Um, Cause I try and like really dive deep into, you know, programming strategies. I, I'm just more of an analytical, you know, I come from poker. I used to model poker hands. That's kind of my, you know, I try and eliminate human weakness as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. But I think at times I have been way too far on that. I have to find that blend between man and machine. And I think your approach, the way going about it, like you said, you're really diving into it, getting that, uh, that feel, that hands-on approach, which I'm trying to incorporate a better, you know, that's, that, that's the evolution as my trader right now is just really combining the two. So like when you're doing like, for example, like you can get trade ideas now I'm not talking about the program, but like actual trade ideas from like a million different sources, right? Like if you need mm -hmm. 10, the whole purpose of like going through a scanning routine at night and like really going through it deep is not necessarily just to find trading ideas. You know, when you go through and you flip through like your different scans, like I use TC 2000 to flip through my charts. So I like run, you know, like you run a top gainer scan, top loser scan, XYZ pattern scan. Maybe you flip through, maybe you have a list of like 200, 300 names you always follow. But when you go through like that progression every day, mm -hmm. what it's also doing is giving you a pulse of the market. Yeah, right. You know, when you flip mm -hmm. through that many charts, what, whatever is happening in the indexes or what's happening in the indexes. You know, the indexes can be masked by like what's happening with Apple, right? When you flip through that many stocks, like you're training your brain to how momentum works, how pattern works, what it really looks like, how it feels and building that intuition. But you're also getting a very keen pulse of the market. Like mm -hmm. what type of stocks are actually moving right now? What type of patterns are actually working? So like uh, patterns themselves are just patterns. Well, they have to be used in certain ways and at certain times and in only in certain markets. So like if you were trading XYZ pattern and you learned that from a book, well, there's a chance that that pattern, no matter how good it is, only works in like 10% of market situations. So like you have to go, you have to know what phase of the market like you're even in. So when you're doing that like kind of deep dive of going through a million charts, now you have like this keen pulse of like what's happening in the market and you have the inherent feel for what patterns are working, what type of stocks they're working on, 
then there's some certain types that only mega cap stocks are going, right? Certain types of markets, mid caps are going. Certain mm -hmm. times, there's certain markets, like for the last few years, like only tech stocks are really worth even playing, right? <laughs> like if you try to trade retail stocks or you know, oil stock or retail stock shows up in your scan, like they could look all juicy, but we know what right. they're going to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, like right. Mm -hmm. we know what they're going to do. So like, you know, how, but you need those reps to do that. Like if you have, if you're brand new, you've got two identical chart patterns, but one is in a retail stock like Macy's and another one is in a freshly new tech company that IPO'd in 2019. Mm -hmm. Like what has the chance of moving 20, 30% over the course of a week? Well, the pattern and the stock could look the same, but we both know, like we all know, right? This is gonna move like 1% a day with no rhyme or reason, but like a hot tech IPO that shows that same pattern, that thing could explode. You might get a double out of it. But how do you know that unless you actually sit there and do that work every single day? That's why you futures traders, you got a lucky I man. You start sitting there staring at that MQ and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, well that's that's been JJ, that that's been your one uh big thing right is like you always preach it like hey it's sitting watching the same thing every day you get the you get the feel you get well, the rhythm yeah of it, right? for me like for me i understand i mean i used to make you know, i used to manipulate 30 different stocks at the same time i had 30 level twos right i had you know market makers i would they were my chess pawns right i would line them up the retail would come in i get shown first bid right i take the market up down fill this guy don't fill this guy because i know he's short that sort of thing, right? I'd have lookout bids all over the place. But, you know, trying to calm down and stuff like that, there's enough liquidity in the ES market that you can do quite well, and it's calm for me, right? And I don't like to have to chase 30 different stocks. I do, however, have found that I kind of got into equities a little bit in December, and I found like a couple of groups of fund managers, and their deals really move nicely, and their price action's nice. And the price action now in these under $10 deals isn't bad because you don't have guys like me out there stealing order flow, right? So it's, it's very family friendly, I find the markets now, compared to the, where they were when I was banging around manipulating stuff. Hey, so, Jay, do, you, um, do you have like specific hours like that you limit yourself? I mean, when you're trading uh, the futures or like, you're like creeping around like late night, like early morning. Well, I, I live in a place called Saskatchewan. In the, if we get winter here 10 months out of the year. It's minus, it's minus 50. So I'm in front of the screen a lot, right? Oh. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm around at Globex. I'm around, you know, I start at about 4.30 in the morning. Um, and I'll look at deals too. I'll look at stocks. But I, I like to find the way I was taught how to trade an equity well, first of all, what we do is you'd find a, uh, you know, a deal being run by good proper villains and you go buy their stock at a discount, buy a couple of million shares at a 30% chop and wait for them to run it, right? That's how we used to trade, right? Sure. But uh, this other way is I, you know, uh, it's, it's a little different. So I'm really fascinated to hear you guys talk because Ray's really jumped into the equity side of things now and he's using the scanners and all this and that whole retail um, trading, you know, using charts and patterns. I never did that because I found market profile right away when I went to retail. Ah, right. I got, I got right. The, like the candle wax charts for me, I, you know, I can build the chart so you guys will come and I can sell you stock, but um, interpreting them, I'm just learning how to do that now. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's good. No, I'm glad this came up, uh, Kanal, because this is, I, I, hearing that from you, 
uh, it's good because I this is something I've been really f- trying to find that balance because uh, I think I've been going a little overboard. Like you were mentioning how people can go overboard with the scanners, just play whatever comes to the scanner. Because um, I'm like, oh, you know, trusting the math, I'm trusting the math. But uh, the way you just broke it down there makes perfect sense. Another thing I want to ask you, right, which I can relate to you. You've heard, I've, I've heard you refer to yourself as a gunslinger. It can lead, oh, yeah. it can lead to overtrading, perhaps too much aggression at times. How do you rein that in? Uh, how do you rein in some of the negative attributes that come with that style? You know, that's actually a great question, and this is like this goes like a long way to like the trading psychology of it, mm-hmm. which I find like almost all like suspect for the most part. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a new age, and this is like I think because of the millennials and the vegans or yeah. something. A Zen but trader. Like now, now everybody has you know mommy problems and daddy problems, and that's their reason they can't trade, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the trading psychology is like taking over. So it's like oh. you over trade, you got daddy issues. You need to do some. <laughs> you know, you need to- <laughs> You need to do some deep breathing and some meditations oh. and, you know, all this. And it's, and it's true. Like, I read a lot of training psychologists. I met Dr. Steenberger probably like a dozen times. So he's, like, amazing. And he's, he actually, he he's been on our podcast, yeah. 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 He's, he's the one that's, like, really official. But I think now, like, everything has become, like, trading is all mental. And they forget that, like, all trading really comes – most of trading still comes from having an edge, And where things have gone to is it's like trading psychology, trading psychology, because social media has dumbed down trading Mm -hmm. to such a degree that now everything can be blamed on trading psychology. But a lot of it actually has to do with markets are tough. You're trading against the smartest, most crooked, most (laughs) well-capitalized, disgusting humans Mm -hmm. on the face of the earth. God bless them. Hey, those are my brothers and sisters. Take it easy. God bless them. But if you think like because you do some (laughs) yoga and (laughs) all of a sudden you're going to go toe to toe with somebody that's been doing this for 20, 30 years, that's got endless bankroll. And guess what? This whole trading psychology, I got to have discipline thing is just a huge misnomer for the fact that people do not have actual ways where they can attack all different types of markets with all different types of strategies. Like when I do my class, it's like 60 days long. Why? Because you can't learn this stuff in like a DVD or two days. Or <laughs> DVD, yeah. Like, do you physically get a DVD? I would, I would do a chargeback if I didn't get one. I didn't do these DVDs when it's online. Oh but that my God. Yeah. Psychology thing has gotten in the way of the fact that people don't actually have a, like a statistical and probability edge in what they do. And so then it dives back into the discipline, discipline, you know, you know, yoga, yoga, vegan, vegan stuff. I, I, I've, I vent about this all the time. I go, it's not trading psychology. It's because you don't know what you're doing. You're speculating in a business. You don't know anything, you know, nothing about, right. Learn a little bit about the business. There is a business going on behind the pretty charts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, in general, like, yeah, I'm a gunslinger. That's just how I trade. But I like, I had like a, uh, 
And this guy's a wonderful man. I work with this uh, gentleman, Dr. Andrew Menneker. Uh, he was a training psychologist. He also did some stuff with the FBI, like awesome guy. And I was trying to scale up my size, essentially. Like I was profitable for a long time, but I was having trouble getting over like X amount of dollars per day. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big time canal, right? I need to be a big time canal. I got to figure out how to get there. So yeah, I work with them like a long time at like 300 bucks an hour. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> and he actually became a really good friend of mine. But even like he, like, you know, he's had me do this woosah stuff. And, um, he had me um, um, attach this thing to like my ear. I guess in your ear, like you can measure your heartbeat on the oh, ear really okay. well. So then it would go to my iPhone. So he said like, you know, so it's like called heart math or whatever. So he was going into this thing. He's like, attach this while you're, to your ear while you're trading. He says, if it rolls red, which you'll do a few times a day, you know, like this spacer will come off with like, you know, pictures of flowers or whatever, stare at it, <laughs> breathe with it. And like you go back to green. When you're back into green, your heart's calmed down. You'll make better trading decisions than obviously if you're redlined. And this is true for 99% of people. He looked at my thing and he goes, holy shit, you were redlined the whole day. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what was that bad? Like, shit, I'm not that bad. He goes, you're basically near heart attack the whole day. Like most people go red, like if they're over trading or they have too big of a position. Mine was from front to back. I was redlined the whole day. I'm like, doc. I had a great time today. Yeah, like I was depressed and, you know, suicidal for half of it, but <laughs> and it was it was really interesting. Oh, geez. What he did teach me from that was how to like calm yourself real quickly. Cause like in the beginning, like if you're redlined like that where you're like heart is beating like say 130 beats or 140 beats a you know a minute. You're like you're up there, right? Oh, and yeah. it help like kind of just like at first it would take me like 30 minutes to calm down and go green. Yeah. I would even, and then once you'd like do it for a while, like I could do it in like 30 seconds, which was cool. Nice. So obviously if you're running hot, yeah. Like you're probably going to go commando on a stock. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that was like, you know, that was interesting. But you know, one of the things that he had told me at the end was kind of like, he's like, you know, cause Finally, he got me to calm down, be more disciplined in terms of, you know, certain things so I could, like, scale up my size properly. And then it was just making me into, like, this giant, I don't even want to say, but, like, you know, giant something. You know, five years ago, I could have said it. Now I can't. (laughs) He just turned me into a giant wuss. Like, like, now I was turning down trades I normally would because I'm like, okay, let me check my thing. (laughs) so then like my PL was actually going down a little bit but now i you know obviously i was taking less trades i was more disciplined i was a little bit less trustee free but my PL was down and we we're like trying to find this happy medium and even he was at the end he's like you know i didn't know if this was even biologically possible he's like you're an animal like a real one and i'm like i know and he's like you know you should really embrace that (laughs) (laughs) my whole life and so what we ended up doing was something completely different 
okay, mm. like, we're not going to, you know, yoga this out of me. But what we're going to do is put some technological and structural, you know, risk management things in that take it out of my hands. So, you know, for example, and I still use this to this day, I have a max loss on my account. Okay. So I can only lose so much per day. So if I see an opportunity and I go commando on this thing, like I go monk because I think this is it, you know what? I'll go monk. And, and if it, you know, like if I was really too zealous and <laughs> like I took a, I took a chunk off of it because I was early or late, it's going to lock me out of my account and market order me out of my positions after a certain amount of loss. So like every blue moon, that devil comes out, but the devil usually works for me. But the, that, and that's with all aggressive traders. The devil usually works for you except that one time out of 10 where it gets away from you. And then, right, you lose so much money that it kind of eclipses the, the, the nine times that you were aggressive. Right. So I found like a sweet spot of like, I know exactly how much I can lose before I really get crazy. And, you know, that I probably won't be able to make back. And so I keep a max loss on there. And as soon as I, you know, it's out of my hands. As soon as it hits that, like, you know, the broker's market market ordering me out of this, and I'm gone. Like, it's the platform shut down for the day. And that actually helps. So, and I have other risk management kind of protocols in place. Uh, because I, I work with my friends, you know, my childhood best friends. Uh, they're also... Um, you know, employees of my business and stuff. So I have other protocols in place to kind of keep me out of trouble because I found like, man, I got a great dad. I got a great mom. I don't got psychological issues. But <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm aggressive and I'm sometimes an over trader and I have to find ways to limit that without actually taking away from what I'm really good at, which right. is when I see it, I pounce and I want to pounce. I need to pounce, you know, that's, I'm a hunter, <laughs> but I can't let that destroy my account. So I put those max losses on, you know, there's other things I'll do in my software, depending on how I'm trading in terms of like maybe even a max on how many shares I can have of socks. So like if I'm trading, you know, a little bit, if I'm trading really well, you know, I may increase that. And if I'm trading like not so well, I'll start decreasing that so that like, you know, my risk per trade is just inherently buckled down, even though I know I can't maybe control myself during the trading day. I've now set these parameters in to keep me out of trouble. Mm -hmm. That was good. <laughs> It was good, Kunal. You uh, you stopped yourself before um, uh, the cancel culture could have been coming for the uh, the bulls on Wall Street. Oh, no. <laughs> huh? I know better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's yeah different. I guess different nowadays. Um, so, so Kunal, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what do you say to your students who are scared to pull the trigger? Ooh, that's a really good question because you know. Half the people are scared to pull the trigger and the other half don't give a shit. Yeah. They pull the trigger and they pull it too many times. Yeah. So there's two aspects of, you know, pulling the trigger. You know, number one, some people are afraid to pull the trigger because they're trading with money they can't lose. So if that's the case, don't trade. You shouldn't be trading. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
don't trade or open a micro futures account, right? Put mm -hmm. thousand exactly thousand bucks and put in two thousand bucks. That will ruin your life. Do something like that. That's okay. You lose two thousand bucks trading, you know, some MNQs. Yeah, stinks, but it will not define you. Don't trade money that you can't afford to lose. You know, that's one of the reasons people are afraid to pull the trigger. The second part where people are afraid to pull the trigger, it goes back to they do not actually have an edge that they can quantify and qualify in the market with a reasonable, right, confidence. Mm, exactly. They've watched some classes, but have they really done the work? And then have they actually seen the work? Meaning like, like, for example, like I, I, you know, I teach class at night, but then after class, like I, I, I trade in front of my students in the mornings and into the afternoon, whenever I'm just done trading, not so they can have my stock picks, you know, that has nothing. <laughs> it, I, I trade in front of them so that they can have confidence in the methodology. This works. And you know what? There's days it doesn't work. But like we do, like, you know, I always do a class after the market closes, of you know, going back through the trades, like what went right, what went wrong. And that what really they'll see is that when I lose, it has nothing to do with the methodology. It's usually because I, you know, screwed something up. I put my stop in the wrong place, did this, I chased it, so on and so forth. But hey, it would have worked if I stuck to my rules. You know, now they can see like, okay, this guy's making money most days of a week. Like he's grinding it out like a job, like, a, you know, like how exactly. do you, how do you be a professional? Yeah, right? like, a business. Gonna, I don't wake up and just roll in and like, you know, like a, get some like $2 low float stock and it goes to 12. I mean, a hundred <laughs> my marketing guy, Photoshop a PNL and right. Post it on Twitter and I'm ready to go. Like how does like somebody that's just a professional go out and make 2000 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. you know, and like going through that process that will give them the confidence to pull the trigger. And they'll also get the excitement because like when I, at least when I'm trading, man, we got, we got the Bruce Springsteen on, <laughs> we got the rocking in the free world. I don't know who he's listening mostly like, you know, God bless America type songs. And we go for it in the morning. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, they see the fun of it. They got right? it. The fun okay. of it. Like, Hey, trading is supposed to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, if it's not, yeah, I mean, what's, well, yeah, I, too, there's too many people who's too serious. I think a lot of these people that are on Twitter whining about, uh, oh, manipulation, why is the market going up? It's like, because you're losing. Uh, yeah. you, you, that's why you're upset. That's why you're ranting. And, and honestly, and, and I got to jump in because, you know, it's easy for the older guys, especially who's worked in the business, to kind of get bitter and rant. And Ray, you know, Ray pointed that out early when we started working together. So I, I really try and avoid that. It's like, yeah, the market's crazy. Yeah, you know, the, all the paper's locked up and they're not selling it. Yeah, it's not really two-sided, but hey, let's trade it, right? Let's not, let's yeah. not sit around bitching and moaning. <laughs> let's actually yeah. put some trades on. I mean, we're here to, make, we're here to make money. I mean, it, it, <laughs> you, know? you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's my number one focus. I don't know. I mean, it's... Don't exactly. you think all right? Like I, I could care less what the Fed's doing, et cetera, et cetera. How am I going to yeah. profit from this? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and algorithms, I love them. Yeah. I mean, inherently, yeah. Like I want to short all sorts of stuff and slaughter everything because like, yeah, people are, you know, like struggling. There's no, 
you know, jobs and stuff, but that's not really, you're not seeing that setup. So what can I do? Yes, I, I love to play the Grim Reaper because when the market crashes, it crashes so fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a bit. It, you know, it's an ego thing. Everyone's like, oh, you know, the end's going to come. All it's, it's weird. You see it all over Twitter, you know, like sell will come. It's like, okay, man, you know, it's a market. You're supposed to sell. You know? Yeah. yeah. They're going to do it. It's going to do what it's going to do. But we have to always disassociate, you know, what's happening. Exactly. Exactly. Real world, like what's happening in, you know, in the stock market is the stock market, you know, it's, it's like you're living in, you know, you're living in a bubble. Well, you're, you're living in a world run by guys like me and, you know, we have an agenda, right? And, you know, the reason the market exists is for us to move our paper to you, right? Thus exiting our investment. It is an exit yeah. mechanism, right? You're exiting into liquidity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. This is the way I look at it. Right. It's like, I, you know, the, these people think they can like interpret the news. They can interpret the, this data, economic data, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't think a real a retail person can do that in, in an efficient manner. Right. You can't hit it that fast. There's no way. Right. It's know. tough. That's, <laughs> I mean, you're playing I, a losing game. I feel like there's no edge there. There's no edge you, there. You can't, you know, an algo will execute a hundred times before you even click. There are some really good news traders out there, and but they've honed that. But minority, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's got to be a, such a small percent. Of course. I mean, yeah. I, you know, every edge is a minority in trading. And yeah. Some really, really good news traders. They can sit there, look at a news press release, boom, they pop into the balance sheet real quick. Oh, they, this is a this is a pump. They got to raise money. Blah blah blah. They got to you know, a shelf on the way, they got an ATM that's already been activated, you know, and they already know. They can sit there in 20 seconds and do that. But, Effect, yeah, registration statement, effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, how many people can read uh, 20 pages of documents, analyze it within seconds? Exactly. It just, I mean, it would take a lot of practice because you have to know exactly, right, what to look for, what to highlight. Yeah. It's just a shortcut. It's like any, and just like that's, that's why people use patterns, right? It's, a, it's essentially a pattern is you're not necessarily like not doing any analysis. It's just taking the 15, 20 variables right. that you normally would be looking at and kind of putting them in a certain look. And that's right. all, you know, at least good pattern recognition. That's really what it is. Any given stock, like if you're trying to trade it, there's like 15, 20 variables that are moving around very, very quickly that you have to analyze. So, you know, the beauty of like, you know, people that are really good at certain patterns is it's essentially taking all of those things and putting them in a checklist that you can really analyze instantly. Right. Right. I mean, I think that should be one of our main objectives is, is to simplify things for ourselves. Correct. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so can this, this is going to be a layup question here. Um, but I think the, the vast majority of people would agree with me that having a mentor being a part of a community is a net positive, you know, not, and not just even in trading, but probably all facets of life. Um, yeah. Tell us why. Yeah. In all businesses, you know, there's like certain edges, you know, for example, like if you're just graduated college, right. And you get a job at Ford motor company and the vice president, who's like not a scumbag, but like actually a good guy you know, takes you under your wing your first day. 
and shows you the ropes. He's been there 20 years. Versus, you know, another kid in the division went to the same college as you, same background as you, same smarts as you. He's in another division. You know, his boss is a fire-breathing asshole. So you got one guy who takes you on the wing. The other guy is a fire-breathing asshole. Where do you have an edge? You know, there's an edge in there somewhere of like, hey, somebody actually looking after you can help out. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side of it is if you don't find the right one, of course, it's actually probably going to be a net negative for you. Right. You know, and that's, you know, the social media has kind of changed everything because you're seeing like a lot of kids with acne that all of a sudden are teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, <laughs> Your training mentor has acne or braces, or they have like a code name, like you should be in Top Gun. Run. Exactly. If you can't figure out his full name, his address, you don't have his cell number, then run. Because otherwise, you know, that person's just a vendor, not a, really a mentor. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a different difference in it you know mentor is really something when you're in a jam you call them up you know man bad mm-hmm. day. and granted like i'm the last person you want to call when you have a bad day because i'm be like why <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> but then there's the other part part yeah. of it is which is you know let's dissect this exactly. and i always know i always have like a three-pronged attack a uh, uh, three three-pronged attack on it it's like why what the fuck happened then okay how can we get better? So then the last part is, right, like, let's motivate them to do better, right? Mm-hmm. So they leave on a good note. And, you know, you have to be able to get a hold of somebody to do that. Like, if you mm-hmm. can't, you know, if you can't FaceTime or Skype, like, you know, like, text don't count, right? Like, if you can't FaceTime or Skype or call. Exactly. Mentor, yeah. And guess what? You just bought a class. You're a vendor. He's a vendor. And that's what it is. So what? But there is an advantage to mentorship, but real mentorship is like probably a little bit more tricky to find than, you know, than we would think sometimes. And that's like kind of the shitty part. You know, what kind of happens is like, you know, there's a handful of people that can do it. And then now like, man, social media is cool. And I actually got to give it to them because like people that got like no skills at like 19 years old, they got acne, they got braces, they got good at Photoshop and just pop up like $500,000 P&Ls, make like a lot of money. You know, inherently like the old school side of me is like, man, that's a nice grift right there. <laughs> the old side of me is like, man, that's a nice grift, right? You it know? is a grift. It's a nice grift, yeah. I'm like, I'm born in New Jersey, man. You know, like a nice grift. Yeah. You got You give them the props even though you hate them. Like you give them the props. Like, you know, three card. Three card Monty without the marble. Yeah. I had, you know, like a customer like trying to, you know, you know, scam like some, you know, free classes or whatever. And I was like, man, this guy really ran an elaborate scheme to get like a $500 like chat room thing. (laughs) I got to give it to that guy, man. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's a nice grift he ran. (laughs) That's right, right? There is something, you know, you can appreciate a good criminal, right? Appreciate it. Like he's a scumbag. You can appreciate it. And, you know, I always sit there and say, man, I hope people don't fall for it, but boy, that guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to give it to him falls on that kid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah no uh, skills. Yeah. I saw one of these guys, man, he claimed he turned $2,000 into $1.1 $1. $1 in like three, four months or whatever. Oh, wow. Like watching this video, and he's like, okay, 
So this candle, it's red. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So like, if it's red, it's um, uh, like it goes down. And then like, if it goes like a candle is green, guys, this means it's like the stock could go up. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Come on. <laughs> Get the guys! Somebody call the police. Yeah. Run a grift of a grift. And his only problem, his where he fucked up is he should not be making videos. He's too ugly. Too <laughs> like, straight up grifting on your social media. Oh <laughs> like, man! Thousand to one million in three months. Small account challenge. We're like, do not. Don't get on, don't get on any YouTube lives. Don't do any webinars. Like you just, you know, sling your thing because good Lord, I was like throwing up watching this cracking up. It's oh, kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like Joe Biden, right? If Joe Biden says nothing, shows up to no debates, <laughs> just sits in his basement, yeah. he's going to win. <laughs> but if Joe Biden decides to like show up and say, Hey, I'm going to do a debate with the Trumpster. And then all of a sudden, like things look different. But if he says nothing. <laughs> he says nothing. Because, like, you know, I just read this report. 50% America thinks Joe Biden has dementia. Think about that. Dementia it means he's, mm. he's not there, right? Like, my grandpa had dementia. He was not there. He was not my grandpa, right? He was like a space alien magician. Mm. <laughs> if Joe Biden says nothing, he wins. Same thing with some of these hoxes, man. If they're gonna do it, yeah, don't don't talk. Well, it's, it, it, it's like when you're working in the boiler room, right? You ask that closing question and then you shut up and you let the, <laughs> you know you let the mark you know uh, you let the mark decide. No oh, doubt. But yeah, find yeah, find you a good mentor. Yeah, because I think it, it it's that. Yeah, it's the um. What is that adage? Uh, learn from others' mistakes so mm -hmm. that you don't have to make them. I think so, and you know, yeah. it's you got to find one that's been through the ropes a little bit. I think you know, yeah. fine. So there's a difference in you can be the best trader in the world, but doesn't mean you can teach anybody. You know, there's like a, there, sure. there are two exactly. different skill sure. sets. Yeah, Very true. Like me from nine thirty to like say two p.m. is like okay, like I'm I'm Rambo. Right. And then mm -hmm. after that, like I have to be somebody different because like Rambo doesn't make a good teacher. He's a good killer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he's not going to be a good teacher. Yeah. Those are two very different skill sets. So, you know, the key is like, you can't just go in and say like, okay, this guy had like a $500,000 P and L that, you know, his wife photoshopped for him and be like, Oh, he's a good teacher. Right. So you got to really go through and do the gamut. Watch the YouTube videos. Watch whatever free stuff they have. You know, DM them, yeah. text them, but like actually track them down. Like I take calls all day. Like people are like I tracked you down. You put your phone number on a YouTube video. I'm like, yeah, man. What's up? What you need? You know what you want to talk about? Yeah. So Kano, I see uh, you guys have a uh, crypto section on yeah. uh, on bulls. So I'm I'm curious. Is it are you are you guys trading it, teaching it just for a profit, or is uh, decentralization concept is that something that you believe in? Oh man, crypto's a turd. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a huge turd. Uh -huh. There was a pump in two thousand eight, and it was amazing. 
And it was a rare opportunity for trading that like you just don't find. Mm -hmm. Because you have like moves that are like 30, 40, 50%. Yeah, insane. They're happening, insane. And they're happening in the middle of the night, in the morning. There's a very, very unity to just trade. Takers, like, you know, BTC is ES, and ETH is the NQ. And this one is this. And when they're moving around like that, that 2018-2017 was a fantastic time. There were no pros in that market. Mm. None. Like, I'd be sitting there watching the tape on this stuff. First of all, there is no tape because there's very little liquidity, too, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, liquidity, liquidity, liquidity. I'm like, that's okay. I'll make my own. When there's no liquidity, you can read the tape. <laughs> yeah, thank oh. you. For, and thank you for saying that. My God, thank yeah. you for saying that. Because I keep telling people that. They're like, what does that mean? Like, okay, good, good. Yeah, guess what? Stock does 200 million shares a day in volume. You can't read the tape. <laughs> it does a million. You're going to see it a little bit easier. But in crypto, it was like the liquidity was low. There wasn't any pros in it yet because it was still too risky. And so I was all up in it and I wasn't about it. Like I was like refused to like do it. And then I had a couple of students that were like, took my class and they're like, Oh, we're just using the same patterns. Like you taught us, but we're doing it in crypto. And I'm like, what? Like the fake money thing? <laughs> the fake money thing. Exactly. Like, and the kid was like, you know, like a younger kid. And he's like, no, like it's cool. And I'm like, electric money. Isn't that just what PayPal is? Like, <laughs> I got a PayPal. I'll send you money right now electronically. <laughs> like, not right now. Right. From, from a guy who, who's taken companies public, I love the idea of crypto. You don't even have to spend money to print stock certificates, you know, or get yeah. lawyers. <laughs> so it's pretty, it, it was pretty cool, but it was, the pump was amazing. And then I was shorting it on the way down, which is also amazing. But now, like, it's, I think it's probably going to be a couple of years where it's just digest. I don't know the future of it. You know, I'm a price action guy in general anyway. So right, right. I'm yeah. trying to do these MNQs. Well, the market's been gapping up every day. So I'm like, man, this market's been gapping up every day. I better learn these micro features. You know, wherever yeah. the action is, like, I'm trying to figure out how I can get in. Right. Cool. So, like, in terms of, like, having the dog in the bone of, like, I love the technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your commander these are great projects okay the ceos of these companies they're fantastic they're great people no i don't know anything i don't know they're tickers they're tickers, they're tickers. exactly all right. exactly all right all right so all right can all a couple of rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap this one up all right any good books you've been reading lately? I don't know if you're a reader or not. Ooh, so like I do actually read a lot. So I'm not into like these self-help kind of books. <laughs> you probably know this. But like I do like, you know, I, I do gand, I, I do a little goose in the gander, uh, you know, a handful of, just a handful of stuff. I did like, um, I read this book called, by Dave Asprey called like Game Changers, which was kind of pretty cool. It was about what leaders and innovators and Mavericks do to win at life. Um, it's like pretty like substandard, you know, it's pretty like standard stuff. But I kind of find 
interesting. I hate like nonfiction books. And then another one I read that was actually, it's like, because I'm like obsessed with like Viking stuff and like medieval history. <laughs> like all my books I read is like about like pillaging and slaughtering. And I read another book uh, by Jim Quick called Limitless. That was, um, that was like more like a brain training kind of book. I took like one of his speed reading classes because I'm a big reader of fiction books and mm-hmm. like it actually works. Like I, like I can bolt through like a 300, 400 page book like, like really quickly. I thought that was actually, I mean, those are pretty, I thought those were pretty epic. Like I like mm-hmm. both of those. Um, in general though, like, yeah, I like fiction books. Anything that has to do with Vikings, anything to medieval history, you yeah. put a British longbow in my hands. <laughs> And I'll take out some French soldiers. Hey, may, hey may, makes sense with the, the, the gunslinger mentality. I, I see it. Yeah, I'm, I, I love history myself. That's, that's one of my probably favorite genres. Um, all right. Interests outside of trading and working out. Ooh, that's actually good. So I love going to the beach. I'm like outside guys, so beach, boat, like uh, anything, frisbee, like just anything outside of uh, – I'm like pretty into it. I like all sports pretty much. You'll mm-hmm. see me like there's a trading day. Like I'm watching all these stupid sports shows, like where they just argue with each other. And like, I don't understand what the heck they're talking about. I didn't see the games, but I just love to watch them argue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some, yeah, yeah. There, there, there are, there are some good ones. Yeah. Some of them are just don't know what they're talking about. I feel like, cause I like, I like to, I don't know. Do you, do you bet on sports at all? Kunal or no, you just, no, you know what? No. It's weird. Like I've actually bet in a casino or on sports, like maybe ever. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like you know cards like not my thing um i like doing stuff where i like i know i can win yeah <laughs> sure uh, that, that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> I, like, I like outdoor stuff i used to really love traveling like i've been to like a bajillion countries trading traveling um you know doing like a, the laptop cafe coffee lifestyle for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, like I don't even really like doing that. Like now the world's like a lot scarier place. Like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I just stay here in the panhandle. <laughs> I live on the beach anyways and I hang out, but I used to love traveling and doing stuff like that. But you know what? Once you, once you guys probably seen this, once you get older and you're like the single guy that's not married and all your friends are married and you don't have any travel buddies anymore. It's yep. not exactly. a pro bang died. Yeah. yeah. It's depressing. It, it's depressing. Are you a uh, Michigan sports fan? Uh, I went to Michigan state due to the substandard grades, but I, oh. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, meant, I, should, I should have been, I meant just Michigan uh, sports. Uh, like, yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Lions, Pistons, Tigers, stink, stink and stink. Yeah. But I love them all, especially Detroit Lions. It's like, it pains me to watch every game, but I watch it all. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Lions – the Lions, you guys got some offensive talent, at least. Uh, Stafford stays healthy. I like the offense. We have a semi-decent quarterback, but, like, it, this is never really put together. Even the offense usually stinks, like, even though – I don't get it. I mean, uh, I, I love the off- – I mean, Galladay, Jones, at receiver. If Johnson yeah. stays healthy, the back. I think, I think there's some awesome. talent. Yeah, Galladay's awesome. And they, He's they, a baller. Yeah. That's a tight end last year, like with the seventh pick or whatever. Which is yeah, under. Hawkinson, I think. Yeah, he did. He wasn't that good, but he was injured half the year. We'll see. Yeah, I always say the Lions are going to the Super Bowl every year. I make that prediction, but they never. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to make you no money. Yeah, 
Yeah. My dad's been here since like 1975. It's like, I never seen the Lions ever win any games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm a Jets fan, so it's not, not much better for me. But all oh, right. The Jets are, yeah. The Jets, the, Sam Darnold's good, though. He is. He, I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah, he is. Sam the coaching's Darnold's terrible. Really, and you know what? He's actually really young. He's three years younger than Baker Mayfield. They were drafted the same year, yeah. which is like, so he's like, his development is like in the baby stages. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I just think we, we got to get a new coach, man. I, I think it's the coaching. Coach, crazy eyes gaze. What? You don't like crazy eyes gaze? <laughs> he, <laughs> he's sniffing salts on the sideline. What the hell is this guy doing, man? I like him. <laughs> it's, that's nuts. Like, <laughs> like he is the grip. He's an ultimate grifter. I got to give him credit. So yeah, he, he is. Was, he was Peyton Manning's quarterbacks coach when Peyton Manning was at Denver. Mm-hmm. Well, Peyton Manning was 40 years old. Like nobody's coaching him. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peyton Manning's 40 year old hall of famer who is also like, right. He was known as like the cerebral guy. Mm-hmm. Nobody is coaching Peyton Manning at the age of 40 in his last year in Denver. Mm-hmm. So Adams Gase grifted that experience into like, I'm going to get two head coaching jobs. You found the quarterback whisper. Yeah, the quarterback whisper. 40-year-old quarterback that doesn't want to listen. You know, I couldn't agree 100% more. It's ridiculous. It's he, gets fired, he gets fired from the Dolphins, and then the Jets hire him. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Like you said, no, no one's coaching Peyton Manning. Uh, they, he, that, that was what he was known for, being like the coach on the field. He was known as a quarterback for, for one good quarterback. He didn't do anything for Ryan Tannehill. No. Now look at Tannehill. That's, that's the thing, too, the players that move on from him. But, you know, I, I digress. That's, I'm, I'm getting worked up now. I think um, is probably good enough. Like, he's good enough. He's, his talent will probably shine, even though his coach might be crazy. I, I, I really hope so. I, I, or I, I, don't, I wouldn't even mind if it's just a bad season so we move, they move on for gaze and then give Darnold a real shot. But, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, if, if, the play, if the quarterbacks are good enough, they'll make up for bad coaching. But, you know, yeah, we'll see. Um, Kunal, do, do you drink coffee in the morning? Be, being a guy of high energy <laughs> – no, 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 this is a serious question because I think about this myself, right? I, I consider myself a high energy person. Do you – What's your caffeine intake in the morning before trading? Because obviously we don't want to be too, too pumped up, right? Oh, I'm slaughtering the coffee. So. Okay. All right. I, so do I, but I don't know if that's, that's a bad move or not. <laughs> um, you can ask Jay. I mean, express. Like I drink huh? coffee at night. I mean, I always, I'm always drinking coffee. Okay. So, so it has no effect on you. It's not, it's not uh, affecting the trading whatsoever. I don't even think it gives me any buzz anymore. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I think, like that warm, you know, just having something warm, but like yeah. it's not, it doesn't do it the way it used to. I've been trying all these different kind of coffees too. These mushroom coffees, or <laughs> focus, they work. Like then they have like these relaxation coffees. Like none of them are working. No. Oh no. Oh man, you guys remind me of when I was younger. I used to drink so much coffee, and now stupid heart condition. So I like I have two cups. That's it for me now. I'm done. But. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, two, I mean, two cups is solid. I mean, yeah. Two cups is solid. That's solid. That's solid. Still All right. Enjoy. All right, Kunal, uh, musical taste. Ooh, 80s pop music. <laughs> really? 80s pop music, also 80s country music, and 1995 <laughs> to 1999 rap music, uh, more like Puff Daddy, Notorious B.I.G. era. Uh, okay. Any music after... 
2002 stinks. Um, yeah. I will, I do like like classic rock, like from 60s, 70s too. Um, but that's it, like Bob Seger and stuff like that. But otherwise, no, it's 80s pop, 90s rap, and some 80s country. Okay, that's a good, cool. that's a diverse mix. Okay. Oh, yeah. I like oh, that. I like that. Uh, like Wu Tang, Nas, like those that that era, correct? Nas, very nice. Nah, and yeah. I'm not. Uh, I won't lie. Like I'll like when I'm trading. Sometimes I need inspiration. Like I will slaughter some Celine Dion. Hey, like, <laughs> hey! As, as a proud Canadian, we salute you. Everybody loves Celine. She's like an American hero, even though she's Canadian. It's amazing. She's so good. So yeah, when when we're in trouble, we need like something to work. We go, Celine Dion, share if I could turn back time. <laughs> and we just oh, we try, to, we try to inspire these stocks to do something that they don't want to do. Uh, you're the tape whisperer. Nice. <laughs> oh, the tape whisperer. That's funny, Celine Dion. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't know she was Canadian. That's okay. Of course. Um, she is a national treasure. Shania Twain's Canadian too? Indeed. No way. Wow. Shania Twain, I mean, she's she's got some lungs on her too. She does. No, nah, she's really good. She's really good. All right, last one, Kunal. Uh, favorite movie, or you can list a few if you don't have one. Whoa. Okay. Now this is actually a very very tricky question because I have a handful of movies that I watch all the time. Number mm-hmm. one. King Arthur with Clive Owen. It's a very shitty movie, but it's got a lot of swords and like cool bow and arrow. <laughs> you're, mid- you're medieval. Yeah, you love for medieval. Okay. Okay. Number two, Mean Girls. <laughs> no, wait, stop. <laughs> what is mean? What is that? Mean Girls. It's <laughs> a fantastic movie. And then I would go with like number three, The Notebook. No, stop it. You're joking with me, right? I'm not. Those are my three. I own them all. <laughs> the notebook? Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Like, who Is wouldn't it? want a notebook? I love I don't know. I, I, it just has that stigma around it. I, I, I don't know. I'm not watching. I, I don't know. I just... Uh... Watch it. It, it. It'll make you feel like... I mean, if you... Then you look at your girlfriend and be like, I need a Well, well no, you're, you're still, you're not married, man. What's the, what, I thought, what, what? Because I can't duplicate the notebook, but I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, um, I got I to gotta watch this movie now. I got to watch these two it's movies. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Mean Girls and the Notebook. Hmm, interesting. Mean Girls is classic. They got this Indian guy on there. He's like running <laughs> competitions. It's fantastic. He's like all-timer. Uh, really? Okay, perfect. That that was that was an interesting list. I'm like I did not expect that. Not not expecting that one. That's funny. All right. Well, that that concludes today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed this, please rate and review it for us. If you guys want to learn how to use market profile, trade futures, trade equities, JJ and R, JJ and I are in two rooms, microefutures.com equitiesetc.com. Kunal, tell the people where they can find you and anything else you'd like them to know. Yo, yo, you'll be finding me on the streets of Destin, guys. I yep. appreciate you guys having me on. That's I really enjoyed it. And by the way, confession, I don't listen to podcasts ever because I'm a video guy. Yep. This was fun. You hey. guys are good dudes. 
can all appreciate that. It means a lot. We really enjoyed yeah. having you on, man. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. And so for Kunal, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla. <laughs> 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 <laughs>